On TV Concierge, The Ringer staff delivers a guide to the vast streaming landscape by discussing one show or movie per day, including premieres, the latest surprise Netflix hits, periodic check-ins on favorite TV shows, new movies available for streaming, and the host's favorite shows to watch right away. Check out TV Concierge exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It's Thursday. It's the day after Colton Underwood went on Good Morning America to announce that he is gay and to discuss Colton and some other reality stuff. I am joined by the host of Shut Up Evan, Evan Ross Katz. Welcome, Evan. Great to have you. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here in a post coming out Colton Underwood world. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. There's there's a lot to discuss. Um, I say there's actually not that much that's funny, but I said that because I feel like I, I actually do want to talk about kind of like his his coming out moment and story. And it's actually kind of helpful that it's been about a day. So some more details have come out so we can kind of parse some of those, but Evan, you don't watch the bachelor. I, I, I've been told. I've never seen the bachelor. <laughs> Were you aware of Colton? Like, did you know who he was? Never heard of him. I, so wait, I have one bachelor person in my life who was in my, okay. who's in my run club. Oh, he was a recent contestant on the show and he was dating Gigi Hadid. Tyler? Tyler. So Tyler Cameron. Yeah, sorry. I needed the prompt. Yeah. So Tyler was in my Nike run club. Oh my um, God. I, and that is as far as mine. You just stepped into it because I <laughs> fucking love Tyler. And you know, I'm friends guy with Tyler showed as up, well. Oh, great. Well, this guy showed up one morning in the run club and like, you know, it was like probably like 65 degrees outside. We got to the pier and he like removed his shirt. And I just was like, some this this person has to be somebody. This body is not that of a normal human. That's so and then, lo funny. And behold, that is so funny. Um, I get a lot of 
crap because I'm like obsessed with him, but I also am friends with him. But like, he is a great guy. Can you He's please a confirm? great guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally can confirm. Like literally <laughs> the kind of guy where when you, cause you know, it's a run club. So it's all yeah. about encouraging one another. And he was the kind of guy that when you would finish your lap would have his arm up to give you the high five. And which I, I feel like that tells you a lot about a person's character. So I, I agree. He has no business being as nice as he is given how handsome he is. Yes. And moreover, he's the kind of person who I think believes like the af- affirmations that like come along with working out. Like I feel like if he was a soul cycle instructor and he was like saying like, you got this, like he really wouldn't mean it. Like that's yeah. who he is. <laughs> God love him for that. <laughs> that's so funny. So did you know Matt? Matt must have come to the run club. Matt James. Matt, Tyler's no. roommate, now the former bachelor. No, I don't. Uh, oh God, no, no way. I know that person because I've read about them on the internet. No, I, I would know if he was there. No, no, no. This was just, <laughs> this was several times. So I would say those are the ones I know. And then like maybe a few others I've heard of. And then like, I, I you know, dip my toe in like bachelor news when it's sort of like, sure. you know, Bubbles permeates over. the ether. Yeah. But I would say like, I'm housewives survivor. And mm. I feel like that's sort of the camp that I'm in and, and bachelor is sort of in a different you know, we're different. We're different planets orbiting the same something. Sure, yeah, sure. I like I like all that stuff too. I love Survivor. Survivor's the best. Bachelor high key problematic. Survivor very low key problematic. But completely agree. I I I've, I think about this quite often. I feel like uh, Survivor gives us a lot by way of representation from the in from the outset and uh, deals with its shortcomings in real time. Like actually yeah. has conversations about the ways in which people are people are good and bad. It's not so binary. Yeah. So and so many like terrible truths about human nature play out on the show. Anyway, we can come back to that at the end. Let's talk about Colton. So Evan, what was your reaction to this guy, Colton, who you didn't know of, but maybe like seen his face once or twice appearing on GMA to announce that he was gay? Well, I, I have to say, like, so yeah, I, I had never heard of him, had no idea who he was. Although I did see that Billy Eichner clip that went around mm-hmm. that he had appeared on, and then I was like, oh, I recognize that guy from being the bachelor contestant that was on that Billy sure. Eichner segment segment. Yeah. I love Billy Eichner like more than most people. Like, yeah, like a that I know. He's the he's the best. He's also he went to Northwestern, as did I, and he's from New York City, as am I. So I just feel like I just feel like a lot of pride in Billy yeah, Eichner. No, I, I get love it. Him. As you should. <laughs> and he's so good in the Lion King. Carry on. Agreed. Um, I would say that my reaction as a gay man was very different from the reaction that I think Colton and GMA were hoping for from the interview. And I think that sort of speaks to the ways in which this uh, this planned coming out and the orchestration of the mm-hmm. coming out um, feels very different for, I think, I, I can only speak for myself, but I can sort of speak to the reaction I'm seeing, that I think for gay people, this feels very different than for the, the bigger audience that Colton was coming out to, meaning like, you know, the world at large. I sort of just thought it was bullshit, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like with everything going on in the world, and I really mean the everything that is going on, the idea of this conventionally attractive, cisgender, wealthy, white man going and orchestrating a GMA, sit down with Robin Roberts and knowing all of the mechanisms that go into that, the idea that he would like give this airtime and make it seem like this was some grand admission it felt like I was back in like 1982. It's funny you say that because my reaction was, did he just watch in and out starring Kevin Klein and feel like he needed some big I'm gay moment? And I, I am, you know, a straight woman. 
So I'm like, I don't know if that's a, a, a proper read on the situation. Like, I it don't is. have a, com- a coming <laughs> out story, is. but I was just sort of like, it bummed me out. I have to say, like, I found all of this really sad. And I think one of the reasons I found it sad is because, like, the only reason Colton has to make this huge announcement announcement is because it feels like he's abiding by these fictitious rules set up by The Bachelor, where it's like in the bachelor world, you are straight or you're not, you are in a straight relationship or you're not. And there's not much else that that's like acknowledged, at least, you know, within the confines of the actual TV show. But I, and then that like sort of like led me to thinking about the show. And I was just thinking like, it's so crazy that not, that there's never been a threesome. Like how right. is there, how's there ever been a threesome on this show? You know what I mean? Like there's all of these people around, they're in isolation. Like did none of both like both ways. Like why have n- none of the women ever been like the, these two guys or like one of the men be like these two women? I mean, whatever it is, or just three guys and three women. Like I, I just, there's no, I'll take it all. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no, um, there's literally no fluidity at all. There's no fluids or fluidity. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and, and, and that's why it kind of bummed me out. Cause I was just like, there's been so many problems with the bachelor, but this felt to your point, the most retrograde and like the least progressive moment in the bachelor's many unprogressive moments in the last year. Yeah. And also just like going and looking at sort of his follows on Instagram, which I've now done and seeing the PR agencies that he follows and kind of understanding the cog that he is in the larger wheel of things. I just feel like he did this thing, this coming out, he only gained from it, but he made it seem, and this is what happens sometimes where he made it seem as though he was making some sort of brave admission that would come at potential cost for him. But as we have seen, there is no cost for him. He will profit from this coming out. And so I just think that when the stakes are so high for so many other people who speak out right now against institutions or who, who really actually face real risks in in speaking their truth and coming forward with with things. Um, And I have to admit, like, some of it to me is how it gets framed by others because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like he was out there saying, I'm doing this brave thing. Um, However, I just feel like him choosing GMA um, as the platform to do it and having it be like a sit down interview. I just felt again to your use your word retrograde agreed. Uh, it, there was just something about it that felt so highfalutin for something that I want to believe in 2021 is just not a big deal. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, what? like, I do want to say I'm happy for Colton if he has, you know, feels comfortable sharing who he is and living his life in a way that he feels to be honest and truthful. Like that's wonderful. And I, I wish him the best. I, I certainly don't wish him ill. I think, I think your point about the orchestration is just really uncomfortable. Um, apparently he went to GMA himself to orchestrate this or like with some enablers. Like that's the thing that I, I keep coming back to is there has to be a team that we're not seeing behind the scenes here. Who's like, do this, do that. And that is also just like gross. Like there are other people, not only Colton, there are other people who are going to profit off of this orchestrated event. I have to say, Robin Roberts did not look comfortable. I don't think it seemed like she was enjoying herself. I don't know if you actually watched the interview, but I watched both parts and, you know, they, they did the classic morning show thing of splitting it between the first hour and the second hour. She did not seem to be enjoying herself. 
No, she seemed rather bored because, again, I don't know Robin Roberts' bachelor knowledge, but this seemed like the kind of interview that's a little beneath her, uh, considering her the gravitas that is Robin Roberts. And I also just feel like if he had come on there with some sort of atypical coming out, the only area of interest is the fact that he's from The Bachelor. Like That's the yeah. hook. But it's not as though he's from The Bachelor and he had this really unique circumstance. I have to say there's something, and this, again, I'm speaking from my own experience only, but when I see someone like him come forward and talk about the fact that he might have had thoughts of not wanting to wake up the next day or you know, just feelings about not wanting to be alive— I have to say that is very common for mm-hmm. queer people. It's common for a lot of people who feel other othered in this world. And so I, I again, I want to be respectful of the fact that, like, yes, it is certainly I'm happy for him, as you said. I, I concur. Um, but there's something about his use of words and the and the sort of sympathy I felt like he was trying to gain that was a little too commonplace. And again, going back to this idea of him being this cis, white, wealthy male in this world, he benefits from his whiteness. He benefits from the patriarchy. I just have a hard time. It, it, no doubt he had those difficulties, but to go on television, to sit across from a black woman and talk about the injustices that he has faced or this idea that he feels somehow oppressed, something about it just felt a little cringy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I again, a lot of this comes back for me to the rigidity of the show and like the worldview of the show, because I, I'm really into the challenge. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. But I love it. And I'm this morning I watched both last night's Double Agents episode and today's um, Challenge All-Stars episode on Paramount Plus, which I just keep plugging over and over because I want other people to watch it because I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> um, and it occurred to me that like those shows are are have their own set of problems, but they're so much more progressive in in and and then the bachelor and it's kind of like maybe it shouldn't be shocking they've been around for a long time the genesis of the real world which is obviously like a groundbreaking show but right now on double agents the final four women um are all women of color and um one of them identifies as queer and it's like pretty cool and they are also like talking about it on the show and they're and they're proud and it's different right and like it's just it's it's that it's crazy like that's an anomaly among reality television and um it's just like it, it also indicates to me that like the challenge can evolve in the way that the bachelor can't because it so strictly adheres to such conventional ideas about relationships yeah i mean and also masculinity yeah. right because i think something else that a lot of gay people are picking up in is this I don't, it's either an effort or a need or a combination of both, but from Colton to have to exist in this mask. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe that is who he is, but there's just something about it that read to me is that he is performing masculinity in a way to make his, his lived experience easier for him. And that Mm -hmm. might be that he feels he has to. And, And that to me, that's sad, right? That is sad that that is the world that we live in or that he lives within. Um, but I just couldn't help watch the interview just being like, you don't have it that bad. Um, and maybe, and maybe I'm I'm very ignorant for feeling that way. But again, you know, as you stated up top, it's been 24 hours, and that's my initial reaction. Yeah. Was I just was a little, I, I'm gonna be honest, I was a little disgusted. I also just was like, why is a, why is ABC participating in this? I 
I'm just like, I, I guess it's because The Bachelor is so valuable and because it was enough story available to them. Well, but then this goes back to something I was saying earlier, which is like, I think that they thought this was going to be a water cooler moment in a good way. I thought that they were going to view this as like a sign of progress, right? That we we have like the first out gay male bachelor. Um, I think that they saw this as a net positive without realizing um, that the reaction would be much more nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. And so some other, just some background that you might not have this, you probably read about this, but so he, he left the show. So, so Colton season of the bachelor was a wild ride for a lot of reasons. Um, but the finale Colton like walks off production, which is like unheard of. And he, and he's a great athlete. So in a very dramatic moment, he jumps over this fence, which is sort of like, it was kind of like Truman on the Truman show, like leaving, you know, and Mm -hmm. so it was just awesome. Yeah. And so that was like really dramatic. And so Colton has become sort of like, I feel like the term icon has like generally positive connotations, but he just becomes sort of like a staple of, of the latter days of, of the bachelor as a result. And he walks off because the woman he is into is not into him, tries to break up with him. Um, and then he ultimately gets her back. Her name is Cassie. They end the show dating or like maybe engaged, but it's like not really. They live together in Huntington beach. Um, it seems like things are going okay. seems like, you know, even though it seemed like his dad, the dad, Cassie's father didn't like Colton on the show. He's close with the family. Colton's one of the first people to have COVID very publicly. He has a really bad bout of COVID about, uh, you know, about 13 months ago. The story is about how Col- Cassie's family's taking care of him. And then shortly thereafter, they break up. And then all this other stuff comes out. Col- Cassie gets a restraining order against Colton because he's put a tracking device on her car. Um, there's like indication that he would like stand outside of her window and like keep track of her coming and going. Um, and you know, that's sort of like the definition of harassment, uh, I think. And so there's, and then they settled out of court. Um, all of this story also just sort of carries the weight of like, are we just supposed to forget about that? Did Colton orchestrate this to forget about that, to move on from it? I mean, he definitely acknowledged it and he apologizes. I read this morning Cassie was not given the heads up about this. And I will just say, if you really care about someone who you're in a long public relationship with, I would think you'd give them a heads up. So I think that's like really hard for her. And I bet this is a, a tough time. She's been through a lot of attention that she may or may not have wanted already. Um, but it just sort of complicates it. And I do like, you're right. I feel like this was set up to be like a big, like happy moment, but there's a lot of other complications that like, I think it's okay to acknowledge. <laughs> Right. It sounds like this could have been image rehabilitation. And I do want to mention one thing because I had read about what you were talking about. So I read also that Cassie, the restraining order that Cassie had, she had uh, revoked the restraining order. And I just want to point out the fact that just because a person takes back a restraining order does not mean that they do not feel the need to have had the restraining order in the first place. So I've seen people defending Colton from the angle of, well, she no, the restraining order is no longer out. I'm like, until she gives me the all clear on, on yeah. how to feel about this, I'm under the impression that he something went amiss that's going to not make me feel uh, great about the circumstance that he thro- that he put her in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that is something. Now, I will say for a lot of the people that I've seen reacting to the news, I saw it shift throughout the day. So I mm-hmm. remember like 9 a.m. It was gay Twitter being like, Welcome to the family. (laughs) 
And then by like noon, it was like beginning to bring up like the news that you mentioned, sort of like his sorted past from, you know, the past year. And, and then more and more started to develop. And then like by nightfall, LOL, uh, by nightfall, <laughs> I feel like it had completely turned and it was just like, we don't, we don't, we don't want this person. We don't claim this person. And I think that just, that tells you a lot about the velocity of uh, popular culture uh, today, but also it tells you a lot about sort of like, I think again, Colton and, and Col Colton and team, shall we say, I feel like they were hoping for the 9am reaction and they were yeah. hoping that the 9am reaction would be the reaction, not realizing that a, this past that you mentioned was going to come up, but also that like queer people uh, might be a bit more discerning about, um, how a coming out is done in 2021 and, and, and who would the benefits that come from that when you are someone like Holton. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, right after I, I had heard about this, I think it must've been on a press release or some internal like media something. Cause I, you know, get like screeners and press releases from Netflix, which I'm like obsessed with. And it points in the pandemic. I'm just the high of having early access to Bridgerton was extreme. Important. Um, and so <laughs> I had heard that Colton was doing a mini series with Netflix. Um, I think it had like just appeared like in the last week or so, like news of that swirling. But like when I, when that came out yesterday, I was like, yeah, I heard about that. Um, and it seems it sounds apparently there's a petition on change.org to like not do the miniseries because people like just don't want don't want to move forward to that. And then there was a pretty good article on the Daily Beast about like what what we're talking about, which is like there's like, you know, Colton, him coming out is great and living a happy, honest life. I mean, of course, honesty is fluid for for all people. But whatever that means for him, that's wonderful. But that doesn't like mean that all this other stuff goes away and um there is this really good piece by this writer, Laura Bradley, and I definitely suggest um, checking it out. She kind of like digs into this conflict of like someone with a past, but also wanting to celebrate them and their their path forward. And I don't even I was about to say their new path forward, but like I actually don't even know if it is a new path. Like I don't know how Colton's been living for the last few years. And he has said that he um, first realized he was gay when he was six and then by the time he got to high school, he could like really like name it to himself, but was raised in the Catholic church and had so much negative reinforcement that he, it brought a lot of self um, hatred. And I think that's people have those kinds of stories. They seem fairly common, not only with um, recognizing your sexuality, but like other ways people have like engaged in self-loathing. So you got to feel for him in that way, of course. Of course. I think another thing that I think is worth bringing up is examining who Colton follows on Instagram. Mm. And I think two of his followers uh, were pointed out yesterday, uh, one being uh, Dan Crenshaw, um, the politician and former uh, U.S. Navy SEAL, uh, and then also Candace Owens, the right. Uh, far right provocateur. Um, I think these were signals to a lot of people that Colton is... I mean, I don't know. I don't know until he says it, but I'm just telling you that those, as a gay person, when I see another gay person that follows Dan Crenshaw and Candace Owens, it has me uh, raising my my eyebrow quite a bit. And so mm -hmm. I'm just, again, I'm curious, sort of, uh, I'm hesitant to get behind him in any way because I'm just a little sus about who who he's going to affiliate himself with. I do want to point out, though, that there is a world in which uh, Colton uses this platform to amplify other voices uh, within the community, particularly those that 
are sort of deal with issues that fall under religion, right? In which they feel like they grapple with their sexuality because of their religious beliefs um, and because of the Catholic Church's complex relationship with uh, homosexuality. Um, so I do think there's a world in which he can pass the mic and, and something quote unquote good can come from this. But I, But, you know, that remains to be seen. He was talking about being able to go back to church and pray and like feel like that was like a fulfilling, which I think is awesome. I've said this on other podcasts. I really admire people who have that connection to religion in a way that's like positive for them. I think it's like almost like a willful act to like establish that connection. So I, I, I admire that. And I hope that's true. I, some other stuff that kind of just like kind of caught my eye on, on this was also he said that like one of the next steps was like letting people know. And that's like one of the reasons he was doing this GMA thing. And it just like also really bums me out to like have to live this for the reaction. You know, it's just sort of like you have to just live it. And like, that's, that's that. I don't know. I just, I just want to be like Colton. It's time to exit fame. That's my, that's my, my bottom line. It's like, this is great. And just go, go do it, man. Right. Well, I think this kind of highlights the idea of like, Living your truth and fame and and capitalism and ego and all the things that are wrapped up in fame, they're kind of antithetical concepts in a way. Yeah. And so as 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 great as it is that it's like, oh yes, there's another out gay person in the media for young people to look at it. And perhaps this normalizes the existence of gay people in the church, blah, blah, blah. Perhaps. And I do, I want to give space for that. Um there's also just that idea that like at the end of the day, uh, GMA and and now Colton and The Bachelor, all of these are corporations, right? And that stand for uh, g- gaining capital at the end of the day. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's difficult uh, watching him. Clearly, he is going to pursue, he has a level of fame. It's clear he wants to pursue to sustain that fame or pursue greater amount of fame. And with that comes ego and all of the things that sort of, uh, you know, uh, can, can muddy one's own, um, life. So I guess it's just curious sort of seeing this idea of like a coming out as a business move is strange. Yeah. I also, um, there was this idea also like he needs like, like, does he apologize? Like, should he apologize to the women of his season of the bachelor? And I'm just like, absolutely not. Like, I think that's, first of all, it implies there was like some kind of deception. And like, I, while like, I don't think this is an absence of criticism of Colton. I, I don't think that's a fair one. I'm just like, that's like another part of this, like really rigid thinking of like the, of the bachelor is like Colton knew and he should have told these women. And it's just like, that's like so ridiculous. Like who knows what was going through his his mind at the time. And what about the women? They didn't all go on because they love Colton. Like that's like so ridiculous. When, when he was like, I apologize to them for dragging them into this mess. Apologize to Cassie personally and like own up to it if you want to. But like for the whole gang of women, I mean like, come on, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a nuanced topic, but I think that they, I under, they have the right to be, however they feel about it. They have the right to feel bamboozled or whatever. And especially given the circumstance that there were cameras on them, um, that they thought that they were entering into one circumstance and it was not the circumstance that they thought. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, I, I, yes, I definitely agree with you in terms of, I don't, I don't think that's something to, of the many things we can criticize Colton for um, on this this lovely Thursday morning, I don't think that that is one of the things <laughs> yeah. uh, to go after. But it was interesting watching, and this is one of those things where it's like, again, I'm learning about Bachelor Nation, um, is that, I don't know if you saw Carol Radzowell, uh from The Real Housewives of New York. I love Radzi. I miss this, though. 
Radzi got into quite a bit of hot water yesterday, um, kind of speaking to this point of saying that uh, she felt bad for these women because they were, you know, bamboozled in a sense. And I, I don't like that framework being sort of brought out by anyone besides the women. If the women feel that way, that's their lived experience. For others to say that it sort of perpetuates this idea that gay men who are not out of the closet are, are not publicly out, I should say, rather, um, are somehow hiding something or have some sort of secret that they are keeping. It's just every person's journey is their own journey. Um, we don't even know at this time if, for all intents and purposes, Colton might have identified as heterosexual during The Bachelor. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's more story here, but I think the assumptive nature that Colton went on to this show as a gay man with the intention of seeking fame at the cost of these women's emotions, that to me feels like that's someone that's that, that I mean that's not facts right yeah that might be the, that might come out and be the case but that's not the facts as we know them today so I think people have to give uh, in this instance Colton the benefit of the doubt and say that like sexuality obviously we know is a spectrum but spe sexuality is also a journey right and so like for some people like myself it's like knew I was gay early on was never up, up for question but for Colton and you know there are people that um, you know look at someone like Caitlyn Jenner who came out as trans you know in her 70s 60s 70s and it's like 60s. that's the, yeah, that that's that's her journey. It's not not for anyone else to say, oh, well, you should have done this, blah, blah, blah. So I I understand that those again, 24 hours. It's been 24 hours. So I, again, <laughs> those former contestants might be feeling a certain way and they have every right to, but some of this armchair sort of commentary about uh how Colton uh, did these women wrong, I don't love that. Me neither. I also just don't want to assign blame to anyone. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm assigning it to the show, but that's sort of yeah. a, more of a, my own journey where I'm just like, which was just like, you know, to be so engaged in something so rigid and retrograde, it's just sort of like, it's hard. It's just sort of like, what is like, am I enabling that as much as Colton's enablers are enabling his, his mm. path right now? You know, it's something to think about, think about it all the time. Um, these, these real housewives, they got to get off Twitter. Almost none of them have ever benefited from tweeting. And also it shows you how gracious these real housewives editors are. Yeah, I feel like um, I miss the days of the blogs that they used to do on Real Housewives. Oh, I loved those, yeah. Because I, I gave them, yeah, it gave them freedom of space. And the thing about tweeting is, you know, as you know, it's it's like 280 characters. And I feel like housewives are not known for being pithy. And so I think some of the challenge sometimes is them trying to have like a non-fully formed thought that has to then that that unformed thought is then condensed, which is only going to make it uh, more muddled. And so, yeah, I think quite often I just uh, I, I I wish they would log off. But the Carol thing yesterday was interesting. In her, like she just kept doubling down on this, um, and it was really one of those things where it's like once you shoot off a tweet in 2021, famous or not famous, once you shoot off a tweet and it starts to go viral for the wrong reasons. Delete it. That's that's just my mindset. And my mindset's just delete it. You're angering people, you know. I think you have to be like, deleted my tweet because. You have to acknowledge well, you deleted agreed, it. Agreed. You can't just like delete it. There's internet Completely. archive and the yes. screenshots live on. <laughs> yeah, but what was odd was just this idea of like, no, no, no. I'm going to respond to all, all the people explaining to me, and level-headed explanations, might I add, um, explaining to me sort of like why my view was a bit myopic. Um, and instead it was just sort of like, no, 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 you're wrong. And also, I just don't love the idea of telling her or anyone telling other gay people that their reaction to this news uh, 
is wrong. Because like I said, and this is the same thing about those ladies that were on the show, everyone is entitled to their own reaction to this news from their own lived experience. But we have to have room to understand where everyone is coming from in all of this and why someone, why a gay man who's been out their entire life is going to have a different reaction to this than maybe a 12-year-old closeted gay right. kid in Minnesota who sees this and might be genuinely moved. I want to allow room for that. Um, so uh, yeah. And I think that's one of the ways in which if we're, you know, talking about positives, that could be a potential positive from all totally. of us. Totally. Yeah, totally. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I, I think that I'm just sort of like, I don't find Colton very interesting. And I don't think I don't think that being gay makes you more interesting. It just is a part of who you are. Agreed. <laughs> so. And I feel like if you're, it's like if I'm going to have more gay people in the plethora of out figures in the, the Hollywood or like the media space, they need to be interesting. Yeah. So like that's, so like if anything, it's like I, it's frustrating to me that I have to, that we have to, this, the LGBTQ plus community have to now claim him because I'm like, we have, we're dealing with enough um, of people that we, you know, constantly have to claim and sort of defend and sort of say, oh, sure. they're well-meaning. You know, Caitlyn Jenner being a great example of that. And so I just don't think I, we, or Ellen, it's like, I just, I don't think we need another figure that we can't unabashedly get behind. It's like, this is not JoJo Siwa. I want right. more JoJo Siwas. Sure. And also JoJo Siwa, that was news, but she just went, got on with it, right? I'm, got on like, with it, yes. <laughs> I think this, her generation, honestly, this is- Generational, yeah. It's an, it's a new- it's a new world. And yes. I, I I hope that 
people look more to JoJo. So but, but, uh, but I think it's worth contrasting those coming out for just a moment to say that there was something about her coming out. And I think obviously it has to do with the fact that, you know, she's much younger and just generally more enthusiastic. But her coming out was so joyful. Mm. And I think there's something in the tone of that interview yesterday that just felt very like, like I'm admitting something that's that could that that might hurt me to admit or something. It didn't feel like it was coming from a place of like now I am free. It felt like from a place of like no, I I might still be tied down from the waist down. You just can't see it. But, so there just was something about it to me that sort of beyond just the PR orchestration of it all. And I'm not saying every coming out needs to be joyful, but I do think that the reason why people reacted to the JoJo uh, Siwa coming out the way they did was just feeling like, oh my God, even whether I know this this girl or not, this girl seems really happy in life. And I I am happy for a person who is living their truth and happy because of it. Totally. That's not what yesterday evoked. Well, that also reminds me of something else. I'm glad you brought this up. I, correct me if I'm wrong. JoJo Siwa used like her own social channels to announce this, right? Yes. And so she did it very much on her own terms. That's... To- to the yeah. audience she already has, whereas Colton has an audience. I mean, he has an Instagram. Also, I have, I like once signed, you know, do you know what community is? Like that like text message thing? Yeah. I once signed up for Colton's community thing. So I like, I, I, I have a, I have like two phone numbers, one I use for like spam. And so I use, and like on my spam phone number account, I like get these like fake Colton community messages. But I'm just saying like he, he could have done something more similar and honestly more current to the moment of like using his social, a good old notes app post, a photo with a sunset where, you know, so many, we have so many ways to do it to make his announcement, but he chose GMA, which I think feels cynical. And that kind of adds to the tonal difference. Right. And I, and I think part of him was like, Oh, I'm going to do it with, with an out woman that I'm sitting across from. So we thought that that might add some more gravity to it, but it didn't feel like a meeting of the minds in the sense that maybe he, you know, uh, thought it might be. Let me ask you this. So again, I'm I'm very unfamiliar with this person until yesterday. The Instagram has no content on it. Was that wiped in anticipation Mm. of the coming out? Interesting. I'm going to look right now. Um, because I have to imagine the Instagram, which has nearly 2 million followers, had to at one yes, point have content. It, it did. It did. It also, you know, had, it was like a, this classic Bachelor, a lot of workout stuff, a lot of, yeah, he used to have a lot of posts. Workout, Cassie, this, that. I mean, I don't know when he wiped it, um, but that's because I have never found him particularly interesting. I have just right, but, found but again, I'm just like not following, you know, I'm not following right. him, so I don't but know. But it's that weird thing that people like, this like that have the personality type that he does do, which is that sort of like, don't like, I don't want attention. I'm waving my Instagram. I don't want you to know anything about me, but I'm going to go on GMA and come out. It's like one yeah. of those things where it's like, look at me, but don't look at me. There's a, there's a famous, uh, not famous, but there's a line from the real housewives that the legend Eileen Davidson said when one of her oh, early I, seasons nice. is in a confessional and she's making a joke. And she's like, the whole thing of like housewives is look at me, but don't look at me. And like, that's what Colton's doing. And it's like confusing because it's like, he clearly is seeking out attention. You know, we know that there's projects in the work works with him. Um, and yet we know that when someone, comes out, one of the first things, especially people like me who have never heard of him are going to do is look them up on social. And yeah. all I found was this blank Instagram account. And I just was like, okay, I don't do you know. Think, do you think there's something to wanting to like demarcate a new path forward? Maybe I like, I hate that though. Like, I mean, <laughs> yes, but like, yes, I have to give space for that. I want, I want to be kind, but I also just feel like 
you are the you are all of your life experiences. A, a, a new uh, direction might might come forward today, but I just and like uh, you know every, to everyone their own journey. But to me, it's like why can't he um, love the the person? Like why why can't this be an exciting new chapter versus um, some new book? Because it's right. like you are a person in the public domain. The reason why you were afforded an interview on GMA is because of your past. So the idea that you want to erase your past, you might be able to erase your past on Instagram, but like for your fans or people that know about you, you are nothing but your past as of now. Mm -hmm. So I just find, again, that the messaging is so confusing because it's like, we know and love you. I don't even know if people love him, but they know him from this show called The Bachelor, but he clearly is going to want to disassociate himself from it. And that's going to be tricky, right? Because it's like the majority of your fandom up until now has been people that like you from this show that you are now going to be called into question about whether you were authentic uh, in who you were on the show. Complicated. I don't know how you move forward if you're him. He, I feel like the only celebrity I can think of who's like navigated the kind of like shift that he seems like he wants to make in terms of their audience, not in terms of who they are at all, but like just in terms of the audience is Lance Bass, where he went from like a really heavily female, shallow female audience, sort of shallow celebrity, totally idolized, but then became a much fuller person with a full career who I recently watched on Lisa Vanderpump's Overserved on whatever streaming network that was. Um, wow. They got a viewer. Uh, they got one. Um, <laughs> the show was so bad, by the way. I saw a clip and that was enough. It was horrible. It made me sad for, for Lisa. Um, I was just like, this is what's happening for you. I used to love her. Anyway, um, I, I don't know. I just wish Colton the best. I don't really, I don't want to be a part of Colton's journey any further. I, I just have never really been that interested in him. So like, I wish him the best and like, I'm ready to move on to, to other celebrities. I think it's really what I'm curious about is because, you know, I'm like really obsessed with this idea of like recycled news stories and sort of like recycled outrage that exists today. And so this really took up this, I thought was such a big conversation yesterday on Twitter and just in the media in general, that it became one of those topics that you kind of like had to have an opinion about. Mm -hmm. I mean, even me right now, it's like, I didn't know who Colton Underwood was, you know, two, 48 hours ago. And now here I am like going long about you know, the topic and happily so. Um, and so I'm curious sort of like the sustenance that this can provide in terms of, is this a one and done in terms of like, okay, he came out, people felt a certain way about it one way or the other or, or a different way, blah, blah, blah. And then we're done. Or, or is there a continued life? Because you brought up the example of Lance Bass. Um, and with all due respect to Lance Bass, his career, it definitely has like a C-list glean about it. Sure. His post coming out, you know? And uh, I'm curious if like that is going to be a similar space that Colton will occupy in the sense that like, I think like certain people fuck with Lance Bass and certain people <laughs> like just pre pre pretend Lance Bass doesn't exist. I think there's a reason Lance Bass is guest starring on a Lisa Vanderpump E project that is not going to have a second season. And so I'm curious if like Colton will follow a similar trajectory um, or is there a world in which, you know, this is his jumping off point and he becomes, you know, this public speaker or, or who knows? I, I, so I guess my question is like, I don't know whether or not I care enough to continue watching or whether or not people will care enough. The Bachelor fan base is really weird. It's a very strange and divided audience. Like there's a lot of people and I think people who work for the show who are like, good for you, Colton. This is great. Like really happy for you. There's some murmurs now of like, will it be a gay bachelor? But I think the majority of the bachelor fan base does not want that. So 
I don't know. I don't know what will happen. And I think this is like, I think this is true of um, most network reality shows. I think like the cable network divide is actually really vast. First of all, audience size, like housewives audiences are so much smaller than you would think. Right. Totally. Uh, um, but like, just back to where we started survivor has a lot of, has like a really, um, I think overrepresented like the amount of contestants who really identify as Christian and like are religious. Well, and yeah, because Mark Burnett it, and Jeff Probst love that. Yeah, but it also clearly connects with it. there's an audience for that too. Com- completely. And yeah. then did you know that it came out that like Joe is a QAnon guy? Um and Who's like, Joe? From a few seasons ago, Joe Angle. Oh, so I'm only seasons one through twenty eight. I just oh. finished twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm 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 on my no, I, 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 I earned it for you. Just don't, no, get, no, don't you're fall fine. in love. I, I'm new to the new, but like, you know, deep. But uh yeah. But no, I do want to point out the fact that with regards to the gay bachelor conversation, I don't one, a gay bachelor for a lot of reasons. One, I think we got one in the form of this, this television show, Prince Charming, mm. um, several years ago on Logo. But also, I think that just, I think that my, my sense is that a gay bachelor would bring out some of the worst qualities in gay men. Mm. Um, and this is something I've heard women say about the contestants on The Bachelor, that it sort of shows the worst, as- some of the worst aspects of womanhood. Again, Definitely. I don't know this. This is just what I've heard. Um, but Survivor, gay Survivor. I think that is what many people are clamoring for because I think that one thing that a show like Survivor allows for is more nuanced personality in terms of seeing how people react in a myriad of situations situations, team building challenges, having to, you know, uh, build a shelter, having to uh, gather food. There's just so many sort of like human moments that I think what I'm looking for, first of all, yes, I want more television shows comprised of LGBTQ plus casts, but I'm also looking for when I do see that, and I love Drag Race, for instance, I think that's a great example, but Drag Race is a a, a, a group of similar LGBTQ plus people in the sense that they're all pursuing drag. I think a show like Survivor is great in that it allows for um, diverse representation and diverse, and and, excuse me, and experiences to happen in real time that show you more about a person. So gay Survivor. I think also the worst thing about a gay bachelor season would be that it would necessarily impose someone's conception of like what, the relationship should look like and yes. what that like connection should look like. Yes. And that I actually think would be damaging and counterproductive. And, yeah. And like, honestly, it's like, I could see a world in which it's like three of the contestants end up like sleeping together one night and then become a thruple. And it's just like, they could get themselves into <laughs> such shit. And because there are realities of, I, I was going to say LGBTQ plus existence, but I think specifically in this instance of like gay men, there are aspects of gay male intimacy or relationships that I don't know that the audience for The Bachelor necessarily needs to know about, wants to know about. I, I'm not sort of keen to like have that be something that goes into the homes of of America. Right, right, right. Um, Evan, this has been an awesome conversation. I've really... yeah. I really enjoyed it. I feel like I've also learned a lot. So thank you very much for joining me. Well, thank you. Tell me this much. So if I were yeah. to start, so what I did with my survivor journey was I, I started with season seven um, at the Pearl behest Islands? of, yeah, at the behest of so many and then went back and did Rupert, season one yeah. onward. Rupert. Um, but if I were to start a bachelor journey, having never seen the show, what would be like the primer season? 
I prefer The Bachelorette, which might be because it's easier for me to project myself onto the show. But I also just think it's more fun because like the women being catty is like annoying. Um, I would recommend, um, let's see, Jason Mesnick's Bachelor season, Caitlin Bristow's Bachelorette season. Um, what else was real? Those are probably like the two best. Hannah Brown with Tyler, your running buddy. That was a good one. Um, even though I'm not like, I don't like love Hannah. I thought that was a really, she was a good bachelorette and that was a good season. Um, more old school are hard to find. So like I, those are, I think are all available. So I, I would do those Jason, Hannah and Caitlin. Those are my three favorites. Okay. I think after this conversation, I'm like, you know what? I need to get a little bit literate. So I will, <laughs> I will, I will dive in and report back. Um, thank you so much, Evan. For more of Evan, find him on Shut Up Evan, his podcast, and on Twitter, where you're kind of a Twitter celebrity, although blocked by some celebrities yourself. <laughs> so check it out. I I'll be back myself. next week. We got Bree coming on from the most recent season, so that should be fun. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And Colton, wishing you the best. Good luck. Good luck. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.